0: Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. I do admire the men in this church and you know, real men, you guys, you know, you're mechanical, some of you well, some do plumbing, electrical, and what have you. You know, it's nothing for some of you to hop on a backhoe and operate it. You can drive tractors, you can, you know, pull equipment, you can hook up a trailer, you know, and park it, back it up and park it between two cars in a parking lot. Big trailer, small trailer, you know, and I'm intimidated by you guys when I see what you can do. So yesterday, I went out to Jerry and Kathy Antos. Jerry, I didn't tell you this, but you don't know what happened yesterday. Kathy, you weren't there. But there was something I was picking up from their house, and it required me to take my little four-by-eight-foot trailer that I pulled behind my, my Suburban. And I got to their house, and they said, well, what you want isn't here. It's at their, you call it pole Barn, or their barn. And he said, it's a couple miles away. I said, okay, I'll follow you. So so we go there, and I'm pulling the little trailer, and I'm feeling manly man because i got my little trailer behind me. And we we pull up there, and then I realize I pull in, and the pole barn's up here, and I realize, no, I need to back the trailer up there. So I thought i got to pull to the side and then pull it around and back it up there. Jerry, I was praying. You you know, you don't want to be embarrassed in front of men. You know, you just uh, don't. So I, I, I pull off to the side. And I back it, and then I pull up one time, and then I back it all the way up. Perfect. I did a good job, didn't I, Jerry? I knew he was watching. I knew you were watching. Him him, and his son, I, I'm, my heart's beating 100 miles. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. I pulled up. I mean, I was so proud. I got out of there instead of being 6'4", I was 6'10 when I got out of the. <laughs> uh, I really felt good about that. I really did. And I was really conscious of that, self-conscious of that when I was backing it up. So then I get home. And Sharon comes out to greet me in the driveway, because I gotta now back it up to my <laughs> to my garage door. How many times did I have to pull up, back up, pull up, back up? It's going to this side. No, pull up, go back and it goes to this side. Yeah, look at her counting on her fingers. How many th- So I was humbled. I got proud, and then I was humbled. Well, anyway, moving along to things that matter much more. We started this morning focusing on Luke chapter six. Verses 21 and 25. Verse number 21 says, Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. And verse 25 says, Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Now, some of you weren't in this morning service. You were um, ministering in junior church and what have you. But basically, what that, those two verses are saying is that your flesh will lust after things. Even though we're saved, we still have our, there's a part of us that sins after we're saved. We're not holy and righteous till we get to heaven. So what is that? That's our flesh. Okay. And it's a battle always. And what those verses are saying is your flesh is going to desire some things that it should not and cannot have. It, It would be bad for you. It'd be bad for your testimony. It'd be bad for the cause of Christ. So rather than having those things, you just need to deny yourself those things. The hunger may continue, so blessed are those that hunger, okay? Hunger now in this world. And we gave, as an example, Moses. Moses illustrates this in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 25. And we're going to study Moses real quick this afternoon because if you need some motivation If you need some inspiration for a challenging biblical principle, you will find it here with Moses. In Hebrews chapter 11, which of course is the hall of fame of faith, it says concerning Moses, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward by faith, He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now again, picture this. As I said this morning, a little bit of review. As I said this morning, according to the world standards, Moses had hit the jackpot. He had been put in that little basket in the river, and he ended up at the doorstep of Pharaoh's daughter. He had been adopted into the family, and he is living in a palace. He's living in the company of Pharaoh and all the finery of it all. And I can imagine, I was just thinking, maybe, this is pure imagination, maybe one day him and some of his young buddies went to the NASCAR chariot races. And they got, they got box seats. And they're talking, they said, isn't this the life? Wouldn't you hate to be one of those slaves that never gets to experience this? Wouldn't you hate to be one of those slaves that is the same old drudgery, day after day, you know, making bricks, being our slaves, doing our work. Most, this is great. This is not, I'll, you know, and they, they're living in the lap of luxury. We'll have, we'll have, Give us five more cotton candies, okay, for us and the guys here. No, we're royalty. Give us a thousand cotton candies. You know, when I was a kid, I thought that was heaven. You get cotton candy. That was the best that could happen. They're living in a lap of luxury. And then I can see Moses in my mind's eye. Saying, guys, I'm going for it. You're going for what? I'm going with my people. Excuse me? I've been thinking about it. Those are my people. I'm going with my people. You're joking, right? Right, Moses? And then they would say, and they said this back in Egypt, then they'd say, dude, are you crazy? I'm sure they would have said that. You know, I'm doing it. I'm out of here. This is my last NASCAR chariot race. No more for me. I'm out of here. His buddies had something like that happen. Maybe something like that might have happened. They would have thought he was crazy. They would have thought he lost his mind. But Moses was simply practicing a Bible principle of self-denial. Self-denial is one of the toughest things we will ever do, but it's one of the best things we will ever do. It is absolutely essential. And as, as I said this morning, I think a lot of Christians... Suffer internally because they don't practice self denial. They have these fleshly lusts that war against the soul. We showed you that this morning. And they give in. And they will always justify it. They, I mean, people, Christians, will always find some reason to think that it is okay. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. So they have, for some reason, justified being full on things that they should not be full on, or rather, if anything, they should be hungry. Just, just stay hungry. It's better to be hungry and not partake than it would be to partake and to be full. Because the Bible says, woe unto you that are full. So, I think a lot of people that make up the excuse and just go ahead and go with it, you know, the, the problem with that is that, that when you're in the presence of God, you're not going to be comfortable. You're not going to have that peace of soul. That's that's going to be evidenced by start making excuses why not to go to church, start nitpicking the pastor, start questioning the Bible to begin with, because the pleasures of sin, even though for a season, are so appealing. But for those who understand the principle of self denial and work really hard to try to live it out, even though they struggle, we who doesn't struggle? That's a good thing. And that's the evidence of some important things. That, that the, the evidence of what that represents should inspire you and motivate you. Let, let's look at three reasons self-denial is so important as seen in the life of Moses. And we'll go through this quickly. Number one, self-denial, first of all, is an evidence of right priorities. People that practice, Christians that practice self-denial need to understand that that's an evidence of something. That's an evidence that somebody has right priorities. For me as a pastor, to see a young person say, you know, all my friends went to this event, but I knew it was going to be bad, and, and I didn't go, that sends me a message. It would send any mature Christian a message, okay? If you hear that story of a, of a young man or a young lady, then you're going to say, you know, that is an evidence of someone that has right priorities. In verse number 25, it says, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Why did he deny himself the pleasure of sin? Why did he choose to suffer with the people of God? Well, again, very simple. This act of self-denial was evidence that he had his priorities right. Now, another young person, boy or girl, that decides to sneak around their parents and go and do this anyway, that would tell you, hmm, that person doesn't have their priorities right. The pleasures of sin would have only been for a season. But choosing the people of God, that was going to affect a nation of people for the ages. And so many people have the wrong priorities. Moses had his priorities right. He chose, and this is key, he chose purpose over pleasure. He chose purpose over pleasure. And things of purpose are things that matter. They're they're things that are going to affect other people. Purpose will affect people in a positive way, sometimes for generations, as it was in this case. Whereas pleasure is for a season and always with a cost. Moses had his priorities right. When someone practices self-denial, whether it was Moses or whether it's anybody in this room, it is evidence that a person has their priorities right. Do you have your priorities right in life? Are you making the right decisions? Are there things that you know are wrong, and because they're wrong, You simply don't go there. If you did go there, you would enjoy it for a season. You might really enjoy it for a season. But you know that it's wrong. Instant gratification always is a price to pay for long-term accomplishments. And I think the Lord would rather your life count for something than to be given over and submit to something. You know, people who choose the party life, you know, they're they're looking for instant gratification. They're looking for the, the, the pleasures of sin for a season. If you're going to have your priorities right, though, as a mature, thinking individual, you are going to choose purpose over pleasure. If I choose pleasure, I can have the party life I can get involved with what I want to do, and that will end up being what—a very simple, shallow life. If you end up in the party life and and the, the doing the night clubbing and whatever else people do, the dancing and whatever, the drinking, the party drugs, the alcohol, and all that kind of stuff—you you, you can do that. But you're not going to be a deacon and do, be involved in something of purpose. Something of significance. Oh, you, 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 you can do the party life. And we can still love you. But you're not going to be a Sunday school teacher. Affecting lives, both children and adults, for all of eternity. See, it's going to come with a price. And understand, though, when a person chooses right, it, it, or, or when, they, when, they, when they practice self-denial you can see that that is an evidence of right priorities. I love this quote. True blessedness is in self-denial, not in avoiding it. He who shuns an obvious call to deny himself for Christ's sake shuns an opportunity of tasting the most exquisite joy permitted to man this side of heaven. It is far more rewarding to be involved and committed to something hard yet substantial and meaningful it is far more rewarding than to wake up with a hangover after a night of partying, being embarrassed and embarrassing those around you, taking advantage of others around you, hurting those around you. Oh, it was fun the night before when you're, you're, you're laughing and you're you know, being stupid and what have you. And up on the lake, you hear people doing that. You'll hear, as the evening goes on, they get louder and louder. And the laughter gets, I don't know the word to describe. It's not a normal laughter, it's a stupid laughter. I don't know any other way to put it. That maybe, you know, kids aren't, don't say stupid, but, you know, it, it is. And so, and, and you, you can do that, but what do you have to show for it? What, what, I mean, is that what life is all about? Simple, shallow? But the other person that thinks about it as a Christian, say, you know, I'd like to do, that looks like, sound like they're having a great time. But it's a greater time teaching that Sunday school class. It's a greater time serving as a deacon or a, or a trustee. Understand self-denial is the evidence of right priorities. Three of them tonight. Number two, self-denial is the evidence of a right perspective. People that practice self-denial show that they have their priorities right, their life is going to count for things that matter. Their lives are going, to, are going to make a difference in other people's lives. Drunks don't make a difference in other people's lives except it's bad. It's all bad. You know, People who don't go that route, who don't drink, they're going to make a difference that's positive. But self-denial is the evidence of a right perspective. Verse number 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He looked at Christ, and he looked at the treasures in Egypt. And he said, I'm not going to be tricked. I'm not going to believe a lie. That, that sure looks tempting, going to the NASCAR chariot races or whatever it might be. And then, as opposed to serving the Lord... Why did he deny himself the treasures of Egypt? Think about that for a second. He, he, he made a choice. Moses thought about this. There's no question about that. Moses thought about this. He contemplated this. Why did he choose the reproach of Christ? The scorn and contempt that was directed at Christ was now going to be uh, directed at him. He gives us the answer. Because he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Translated, that means he was looking ahead to his future reward with Christ. That the pleasures of a season now was in no comparison to the blessings of serving God. The pursuit of earthly pleasures would have, in fact, deprived him of the riches in Christ. Earthly treasures are temporal While the riches of Christ are eternal. He didn't fall for the trap. He he didn't fall for the bait, if you will. He wasn't led as a lamb to the slaughter, if you will, being deceived and being tricked. He had the wisdom and the godliness and the maturity to see through it. And even though, no doubt, I mean, it's talking about that he rejected the treasures. I mean... What he was rejecting was real. What he was rejecting was appealing. What he was rejecting would, to a degree, satisfy his flesh, at least, as the Bible says, for a season. But it would have cost him much more. Let me ask you, do you have the right perspective? And is that evident in the fact that you practice self-denial? There are things that your flesh desires, but you know it's not in God's will. And even though you might, it might appeal to you, even though maybe years ago when you were lost, you know, you used to be involved in it, and now, you know, that you're distant from it, it still, it still may have that attraction. Do now, though, you have a different perspective, a right perspective. If you have the right perspective, you will always choose short-term pain if it means that you are going to have long-term gain. And sometimes that is exactly the conclusion you have to come to. Here's another quote. Oh, the infinite number of turnouts and bypaths from the path of self-denial resorted to in the belief that they are pain-saving paths when in truth they only turn the traveler off the highway of joys unspeakable and full of glory. That's worth reading again. Oh, the infinite number of turnouts and bypaths from the path of self-denial, resorted to in the belief That they are pain saving paths when in truth they only turn the traveler off from the highways of joys unspeakable and full of glory. People that practice self denial are evidencing right priorities, they are also evidencing a right perspective. Moses could see down the road. And then number three, self-denial is the evidence of the right person. It is evidence of really following the right person. Verse number 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, how? As seeing him who is invisible. So again, we ask questions. Why did he forsake Egypt, why did he not fear the king? And he gives us the answer. Because he saw what others could not see. He saw him who is invincible. He chose to follow the Lord. And in that, he evidences that he is following the right person. And as I said this morning, he didn't fear the king. When you choose self-denial, there are going to be people that are going to try to keep you from going down that path. In this case with Moses, it was the king, it was Pharaoh. If I follow these people, and I've lived with the king, but if I follow these people, I'm going to experience his wrath. We, we just have to buck up. We, we just have to realize, yeah, yeah, you live for the Lord, lost people are not going to applaud you. You live for the Lord and you're not going to get the man of the year award or the woman of the year award. Not not from the lost crowd. Number one, they, they think you're crazy. And number two, by you not living with them like you used to and going with them like you used to, you're telling them that they're wrong just without saying it, just by not going with them any longer. And they don't like that. Those, quote, friends will turn on you in a heartbeat. Self-denial means that you're resisting the pressure of the king. You're resisting the pressure of um, students in your school or in your age bracket. You're resisting uh, those in the workplace. Self-denial shows and it demonstrates that you are following the right person. Here's another quote. Religious self-denial, this is a great quote. This, This is so good. Religious self-denial is no such hard and painful duty as it is generally thought to be. Now, it, it, it's a challenge, and it, it's hard, but it's not. When you consider the other alternative of just giving in to the lusts of the flesh, is self-denial really a harder way to go? Listen. The testimony of the Bible and the experience of Christians concur in refuting the idea. Both these authorities declare that the happiest men in the world are the self-denying. And they are, and that they are happy in proportion to their self-denial and because of it. Look at the facts. Moses was a happier man than Pharaoh. Amen? When it's all said and done, boys, this is my last chariot race. I'm going with my people. Where are you going to be miserable, Moses? Oh, it was Pharaoh that had to live with the frogs. Okay, it, it, was, it was Pharaoh that had to deal with the plagues. It was Pharaoh that was bitter coming after you know, Moses when he fled and to have his army destroyed. Is it really harder? Is it really harder, this, this idea, this concept of self-denial? In one sense, yes, it's a challenge. Our flesh is going to fight us. But in the end, when it's all said and done, when you break it all down, who's better off? Who has accomplished more? Who do we admire? We admire Moses. And to the degree you practice self-denial, we're going to admire you. And you are going to be a good example. And you're going to be a great testimony. And to the degree you don't practice self-denial, enjoy the Pharaoh life, if you will. There's no question as to which of those two men was the better man and which one had the greater accomplishments and which one is rejoicing with the Lord today and which one is still burning in hell. Moses was a happier man than Pharaoh. Does anyone doubt this? I I don't think... Moses, and Moses went through some difficult times, no, no doubt about it. Bible doesn't sugarcoat it. But I don't think Moses ever said, wish I hadn't done this. Or if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have done this. Daniel was happier than the Chal- Chaldean king. Paul was happier than the emperor Nero. Let that just sink in for a second. Yes, sometimes you have to sacrifice. And yes, sometimes you're called upon for self-denial. And yes, it may be a challenge. It may be difficult. Your, Your flesh wants to pursue this. It's appealing. It's real. I mean, again, the Bible describes it as lust of the flesh. I mean, that's a strong desire. It's there. The Bible's acknowledging that. But the Bible's also saying, don't go there. Don't go there. And when you don't go there, there's a sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of victory. There, there's a sense that now you can be used of the Lord for things that are significant, things that, that matter. These people that follow the flesh, they sit, they, it is so shallow. The lives, it's just a party life. I mean, it's a wasted life. It, it, it's shallow. It, it's, for, it, it's for simple people. Because no thinking person would do that. God wants you to think. God wants you to understand. So understand, when you practice self-denial, that's an evidence of something really fantastic in your life. Oh, we're going to all have our slipsies. We're going to all have to come to the altar sometime and say, Lord, I tried to resist and I didn't. Please forgive me. Good news is, He will forgive you, right? That doesn't mean it's okay then to go out and intentionally do that, but should you falter, He will forgive you. Self denial is the evidence of right priorities, self denial is the evidence of a right perspective, self denial is the evidence of the right person. And don't we need that? If we had each of you practicing this and doing it enthusiastically, doing it sincerely, then we're involved in not something shallow, not something simple, but something that we can be grateful to be a part of, something significant, something real. Moses could have just... uh, Been there and just been with the the party life all his life. But Moses, what a life he lived. But it required some sacrifice, some self-denial. Again, the two verses. They're complementary and they make sense. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. There are certain fleshly desires that remain after we get saved people that maybe had been involved in some kind of an addiction, it, it's still there, but they're not going to f- fulfill that hunger. I'll just live with that hunger. Because the Bible says, woe unto you that are full. If you give in to that hunger, that lust of the flesh, you can be full, but the Bible says, woe unto you. Look, it's such an important principle. We're done. Our flesh is going to want to sometimes listen to stuff we shouldn't listen to. There are certain genres of music, certain kinds of music. It could be the beat. It could be the words. It could be any one of a combination of things. You know it when you hear it. And you, but, man, I used to listen to that when I was driving back and forth to high school, me and my buddies, and we'd have the radio blaring. Okay, okay. It brings back memories, okay. But the Bible says you've got to practice self-denial. There, there, there may be certain clothing that you, you know, you're attracted to, but you know it's immodest. You practice self-denial. There are certain attitudes that you want to have. You know, Some people want to get even. Some people want to be angry. You got to practice self denial. There's some lifestyles. Your friends, your neighbors are partying and carrying on and whatever. And you can't go there. Now, the king may come after you to try to push you. The king, in your case, would be maybe family, maybe friends, neighbors, and what have you. But you have to practice self denial. And God will use you and your life and your testimony in a substantive, eventful way that, that makes a difference. Where that your life isn't wasted. And that's what Satan would, Satan would love for each of us to waste our lives. Would he not? Just chase after the stuff your flesh wants. That's not going to amount to a hill of beans. Just give your life to the, to the party life and die full of regrets or practice self-denial where you prove yourself a faithful soldier and God says, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to teach these Sunday school boys. You're going to teach these Sunday school girls. You're going to be involved in the choir. You're going to be a deacon. You're going to be a trustee. You're going to drive the van because you're not doing all that other junk that's going to pull you down. You say, but pastor, I have that longing desire. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for you shall be full. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com Thanks for listening.